You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan side of network. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day. Happy, I guess, uh, NBA Finals game five coming up on Thursday. Of course, the Lakers won on Tuesday night to take a 3-1 lead in the series. We'll talk about that here off the top. We'll also talk a little bit about the idea of uh, Jeremy Grant becoming a free agent this summer, um, or I should say this offseason, which I guess will be in the winter, as weird as that is. Uh, talked about him a few weeks ago on the show, I guess several weeks ago now as a possibility. And uh, there was a, a discussion on the Hollinger and Duncan show here on the Lockdown NBA Network regarding Jeremy Grant and what he might uh, get in free agency in terms of a new deal. And so I, I'd like to talk a little bit. I'll play a clip from Hollinger and Duncan discussing Jeremy Grant, and then I'll talk about what I think his fit could be with the Wolves and the idea of him um, being in a Wolves uniform and, and you know, whether or not that's palatable based on what he's probably looking for on the free agent market. And then I want to get into, there's another massive Bleacher Report trades article with a bunch of fake trades. And of course, because the Wolves have a allegedly disgruntled superstar in Carl Anthony Towns, the number one pick in this year's draft and some other draft assets over the next, well, I guess three of the top 33 picks in this year's draft. And, and um, you know, they're one of the more active teams in terms of trying to make moves. The Wolves are featured in several of these fake trades on Bleacher Report. So I'll get into a couple of them today. We'll probably save some for Thursday's show to kind of talk through them and, and see how likely some of these are of actually taking place. This is a Bleacher Report article by Greg Swartz. So um, pretty interesting ideas. Some of them aren't necessarily original. Some are. So I want to get into those today as well. Before we do all that, a quick reminder to please subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you prefer to get your podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves. That's at Locked On T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. All right, so NBA Finals, Lakers take a 3-1 lead. Jimmy Butler was once again quite good on Tuesday. It wasn't exactly 40-plus points and a triple-double like he had over the weekend. Uh, but on on Tuesday night, the Heat, it was, it was a little bit of a back-and-forth game. The Heat actually had a, a lead in the second half. It was, I think, a two-possession game going into the fourth quarter. And uh, ultimately, the, the Lakers really just kind of buckled down and uh, we're able to, um, to 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 take the three one advantage. LeBron was awesome, um, as could have been expected. He had twenty eight, twelve, and eight, uh, eight of sixteen shooting, ten of twelve from the free throw line. Jimmy Butler carried the Heat in terms of what they were actually able to do, and he had another strong all around game. He just didn't have as much of a scoring impact. Twenty two points, but on seventeen shots, missed all three three point attempts. He did have ten rebounds, nine assists, three steals in the game. Tyler Hero showed up. Um, he had a high volume, 21 points on 18 shots. So somehow he actually attempted one more shot than Jimmy Butler, three of seven from beyond the arc, um, hero Robinson and Jay Crowder all together had a, a little bit of a better shooting night in this one after going, what was it? Seven for 25 last time around this time they were eight for 20. Um, so still, I mean, what is quick math? What is that? 40%. Um, Certainly better than last time around, but not quite what they're going to need to have, not quite what they had when they played the Celtics, um, if they're going to make up the difference uh, with the Lakers. Um, so they ended up losing 102 to 96. Anthony Davis was great defensively. He had four blocks in this game, and it was really kind of controlling the paint for the Lakers. Um, Jimmy Butler continues to be impressive defensively. He always always is. Um, he had a couple of really nice defensive plays 
on LeBron and, and others. He had a block in the paint um, in the second half that was impressive and um, was was obviously the best player on the on the court for the Heat. No questions there. Bam Adebayo did play. He had 15 and seven shot six of eight was the only, uh, or I should say one of only a couple heat players that was a positive plus minus. He was a plus three on the night in, in his 33 minutes. Um, still no Goran Dragic for Miami. So this game will go to a game five with a three, one, excuse me. Yeah. Game five with a three, one lead for the Lakers. That will not be until Friday night. So a couple days off here, um, Friday night will be game five and we'll keep an eye on that. Of course, as the season wraps up here as weird as it is, we'd normally be like, I don't know, second game in the preseason um, right about now and, and gearing up for the regular season. But alas, the finals are almost over. All right. The other thing I want to cover here off the top is a couple of quick Wolves notes. Uh, the Timberwolves are out in I, on Tuesday, really, most, most of Tuesday afternoon. The Timberwolves were out in the community in the Twin Cities registering folks to vote. Uh, they were in St. Paul. They had um, some, Gerson Rosas did some media availability talking about the Wolves initiatives, um, as well as, uh, as well as Ethan Cass and the Wolves CEO. Carl Anthony Towns was back in town for this initiative, um, you know, again, kind of underscoring how active he's been in the community. Remember he showed up at the, the rally following George Floyd's death with the black lives matter group at the state Capitol and was involved, um, immediately after George Floyd's death. And, and there he was back in the twin cities with his teammates, number of wolves players, Nas Reed, Jordan McLaughlin, um, Jalen Noel, obviously Rosas, Ryan Saunders, a bunch of guys were out participating in this event in the community. So kudos to them for doing that and for being, uh, for being active there. There was also a little bit of media availability for Rosas related to the draft. He talked about the need to find, um, combo guards, guys who can guard more than one position. Um, really both guard spots. Interesting because, uh, both Josh Akogi and Jarrett Culver would, would fit that bill in terms of guys who are good enough defenders and big enough to guard ones and twos and even some threes. And, uh, and then Rosas also added a comment that, that they're looking for impact players now in free agency and via trade. They're not expecting necessarily whoever they end up getting from the draft to step in and be that impact player immediately on the perimeter for them, which I thought was an interesting clarifying point that he made. Um, and I don't know if it was, it was just wanting to be on record saying that. So there's not, you know, this added pressure on whoever they draft or because he's confident they're going to trade out or at least out of the first pick or because he's looking at drafting a guy who, um, you know, maybe he's looking at going completely off script with the number one pick and, and not taking an Edwards or a LaMelo ball. Who knows? Um, and maybe there's nothing really to read into it. And he was just kind of uh, making sure he covered all his bases, but still an interesting quote from, from Gerson Rosas. And, and we'll see what other quotes get thrown out there here in the media by him as we, uh, as we get ever closer to the draft. We're now just a little over five weeks away. So we're, we're about there. All right. Uh, before we get into talking about Jeremy Grant, and, and I think that'll be a really interesting topic to cover and, and whether or not he could be a fit for the Wolves. Let's talk about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. It was already fantastic. There were 12 original flavors that, that were delicious. Mint brownie being my favorite. I also really enjoyed toffee, almond, and salted caramel. There are now six brand new flavors. And not only that, there is a new formula that makes it even more delicious, if you can even believe that, as well as new packaging, new logo. Everything is better than ever. The six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They are 100% covered in chocolate and taste far more, more parts candy bar than they do protein bar. They're all soft and easy to chew. They're perfect if you're health conscious, if you're trying to lose weight, maintain weight. 
still indulge in a delicious treat. The bars are all low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and perfect if you are on a keto diet. Right now, for limited time only, you can get a free cooler with your purchase, but only while supplies last. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on. You'll get $10 off your next order. That's promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. All right, let's talk about Jeremy Grant and what he might be able to bring to the table for his new team. First, I want to start by talking about his contract situation with the Denver Nuggets, how likely he is to hit the free agent market, what kind of contract he'll be looking for. And then I want to play the clip from Hollinger and Duncan. They talk about uh, what what Grant does on the floor for the Nuggets and, and what his free agency value should be, how teams should be valuing him on the open market. And then I'll kind of put a bow on it by talking about his potential fit with the Wolves and if I think the value is there for the Timberwolves. As far as Grant's contract, he had signed a three-year deal with the Thunder prior to last season. It was actually a two-year deal with a player option for a third year, and he was paid $8.6 million in year one, $9.4 million, excuse me, $9.3 million this year, and then the player option for nine point three next year. But Jeremy Grant's only 25. He's about to turn 26 uh, next March, so I guess probably about halfway through next season. Um, and so he's entering his prime. He's almost certainly going to opt out, even, even though it's a weird climate and not a lot of teams have cap space. It would be a little bit strange for him to 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 stay on his current deal, wait until he's basic. I mean, he'll be 27, almost 28 when he hits free agency next. And that's kind of like right in the middle, in the first part of the middle of the first part of your prime. Um, and there's always, of course, God forbid, an injury risk um, in that final year of a deal when you're when you're 26. It's not you know, he wouldn't get what he needs to get on the open market if, if that were to happen. So I, I think it's very likely he opts out and hits the open market. You'll hear in a moment uh, what what Hollinger and, and Nate Duncan specifically had heard that he was going to be seeking here in free agency. And uh, they'll talk a little bit about his value, what he brings to the floor. And then uh, next up, we'll talk about, I'll talk about what I think his fit with the Wolves could potentially be. So here's uh, John Hollinger and Nate Duncan from the Hollinger and Duncan show on the Locked On NBA Network. Let's start by talking about uh, Jeremy Grant. So uh, reader uh, Aram H. says, uh, you guys have mentioned that you think uh, Fred Van Lee or Danilo Gallinari makes the most sense for Phoenix, but shouldn't be the team be the team to go like four times 15 on Jeremy Grant? Uh, what do you think about Jeremy Grant's value, first of all? Do you, like, is he a guy who, who should command that kind of money to you? Well, according to what most likely his agent leaked to Mike Singer... Uh, out of denver uh his value is 16 million plus per year okay i would not pay 60 million plus per year for him that that's interesting though because that tells me that uh if he like if he actually can get that like there's no chance of an extension happening with denver i i always thought an opt-in with an extension was the thing that made the most sense and denver can go up to like 11 on an extension um and then go out years however far they felt comfortable like it it seemed to me within that there's the structure of a pretty good deal that takes away a lot of the risk for grant ahead of free agency i mean there's not a lot of cap room out there i don't think he's going to be anyone's number one target and i you don't want to get too carried away off this playoff performance i mean his last two games in the playoffs were good. You look at his overall playoffs. I mean, it's not like he was awesome in the playoffs. Uh, he, he showed himself as a good multi-positional defender, good multi-positional guy, you know, sort of a Swiss army knife. And that's definitely helpful, but it's only helpful at a certain level. Is he, can he really be one of the three or four best players on a, on a high level team? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I have my doubts. 
Well, we conceived of him coming into these playoffs as a combo forward. Maybe he could start for you in a pinch. Not sure about his shooting. You know, he at least was a more aggressive shooter from three than he has been. He basically was their starting three, and he guarded LeBron and he guarded Kawhi, I thought, pretty darn capably uh, until the very end there. So if you're seeing him as, yes, viable three and D option who can also finish at the rim, maybe could be a role man sometimes offensively as well, get on the offensive glass, get out in transition, does enough offensively and can guard the best player without getting overwhelmed defensively. Isn't the player that I just described worth $16 million a year? Just playing devil's advocate here, if indeed you believe he's that player. All right, Nate, I will take it from here and answer that question. No, I don't think at $16 million a year, the type of player that Jeremy Grant is right now is worth that for almost any team, unless you're a team that has, you know, words a few years ago before Steph Curry got his most recent extension when it was just an absolute steal what he was getting paid and the Warriors were able to acquire other guys on that team and, and put together a formidable roster. I mean, if you're talking about a team that has that cap space to burn and they really feel like he's the missing piece, then maybe, but, um, or, or I guess the other possibility is if you're a team that thinks he's got enough upside to become, you know, somebody who's going to be a higher usage offensive player or, um, add another element to his game. All the things that, that Nate and John said are, are true. I mean, he's a really good defender. He's a, a pretty dynamic offensive player. He, but he is really kind of more of your, your three and D with maybe a little bit more slashing ability and a little bit more rebounding ability and transition ability than some of those other guys. He's like a souped up three and D type player with still some upside. Remember he isn't quite 26. So there is upside that all of that said, he is not the type of player that I would overpay to the tune of 16 million. He would however be that, that really nice fit next to Carl Anthony towns as a, as a, relatively low usage guy who can knock down open threes about almost 40% of his shots came from outside the arc last year. He's been over the next, the last two years, 39% from three, uh, the 18, 19 season in Oklahoma city and last year in Denver, 39% three point shooter, just under four attempts per game, solid rebound rate. Uh, I mean, you know, you generally want your, your power forward to rebound a little bit more than he does, but, but with Carl Anthony towns on the floor, if you've got three or four other guys to rebound their position, at least average, you'd be all right. Um, and, you know, he's really good in transition and a really good defender. And, and he could he could fill in in the gaps that Towns has in his uh, his defensive game, fill in the gaps that the Wolves could potentially have on the wing, depending on who's playing on the wing. So, yeah, if you can get Jeremy Grant for 12, 13, 14 million, you do it. But Grant isn't opting out of nine, almost nine and a half million to get 12 million. I mean, he's opting out of nine and a half million to get allegedly close to 16 million over the next few years. Obviously security plays into it, but he's also entering his prime. This very well could be, should likely will be his biggest annual, you know, average annual salary payday. So he's going to try and get every bit of 15 or 16 million if he can. I really think that prices him outside of the Wolves range for what he can do. Unless Rosas in the front office truly believe that he can continue to improve and be a better player and add more elements to his game. Um, and the Nuggets for nine, a little over nine million is a really good deal. And there's a reason why they traded for him with the Thunder is the Thunder thought that they weren't going to make the playoffs this year. The Nuggets thought that they were, and they were right. They were really good again. And Grant was a big part of it. So I think, uh, yeah, at nine and a half million, Jeremy Grant, the Timberwolves would absolutely love to have him in their rotation at nine and a half million at 16 million, not so much. And uh, he's not going to be that necessarily that third star. He's more of a fourth offensive option, um, you know, fourth or fifth, 
probably fourth or fifth best player on a on a true playoff a really good playoff team or a high level team as, as uh, I believe John Hollinger put it in that clip. So um, at any rate, Jeremy Grant's an intriguing target. One of the best, the biggest names hit the free agent market this off season, which says a lot about the likely free agent class. Assuming he does opt out, you can expect to see the Timberwolves as a team mentioned to be interested as one of the few teams with adequate cap space and also a team where Grant would be a perfect fit next to Carl Anthony Towns um, in terms of his on-court value. So definitely a name to keep an eye on, but ultimately I don't see it happening in Minnesota. All right, next up, let's talk about some of these fake trades at Bleacher Report. A couple involving Carl Anthony Towns. There's some involving, of course, Jared Culver, the number one pick, and others. Um, so we're going to jump into that here next. Before we do that, let's talk about our friends at Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction is not easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can provide real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA. Believe it or not, it is still fake trade season. And Bleacher Report is still the gift that keeps on giving with some of these uh, fake trade ideas that I don't even know um, how you come up with one for every team. But here we are. This article is by Greg Swartz, who does a very good job over at Bleacher Report. It's called Trades That Would Shock Every NBA Fan Base. So by definition, some of these are going to be really off the wall. But hey, they're conversation starters. And so uh, we're going to go through them. So the one that's actually assigned to the Timberwolves as their trade. Of course, every trade has to have at least two sides to it. So the Timberwolves are included in many trades on here, but the one that's actually the Timberwolves trade would be them receiving Devin Booker from the Suns. We've been over this many times, although I guess it's been a little while since this rumor was out there, really probably pre-lottery or maybe immediately after the lottery, which at this point was still six weeks ago. But in this trade, the Suns would receive an absolute godfather of an offer. And uh, that's what Greg Swartz actually calls it as well. The Trade Hall for the Suns in exchange for Devin Booker would be the number one overall pick in this year's draft, the number 17 pick in this year's draft, the 2023 first round pick of the Wolves, lottery protected. Of course, they can't trade next year's because they already have, and they can't trade the 2022 because you can't trade three consecutive years worth of picks. And the Wolves would, of course, not have one this year or next year, so they have to trade 23. They would also get Jarrett Culver, Josh Akogi, and James Johnson to make the salaries work. That is... I don't know, like a quarter of the Wolves existing roster and, and all of their picks for the foreseeable future, except for the 2022 pick. Um, I, I mean, that that's a massive trade. Probably not the trigger that I would pull at this point, unless it's some sort of weird ultimatum from Towns that says, hey, I'm going to make life miserable for everybody if this doesn't happen. And, um, you know, I'm not sure that if that were to happen, that you'd necessarily want to just make him happy at that point anyways. But I mean, who knows? I, I guess you're already kind of halfway in getting Russell and Towns together. Why not? Or I guess two thirds of the way in quite literally, 
why would Gerson Rosas not consider a trade like this to bring in the uh, the third member of this trio that obviously wants to play together has made that very clear. So the Wolves would have Booker, Towns, and Russell, and they wouldn't have much else. I mean, you'd probably still be able to retain Malik Beasley, uh, pending his legal issues that that are have cropped up in the past ten days or so. And you'd have some of these younger, you know, last year second round pick undrafted guys, Jalen Noel, Nas Reed. But you wouldn't have this year's pick. I guess you'd still have the 33. You need to find a bunch of guys on cheap deals. You'd only have the mid-level exception to play with. You'd probably bring back Quancho Hernan Gomez. But three out of your five starters then would be below average defenders. And that's putting it kindly when it comes to uh, to Booker and Russell, especially. And the Wolves would need to, they'd lose a Kogi and Culver, their two best perimeter defenders. So the Wolves, and actually James Johnson, who's probably their third best defender overall. So the Wolves would need to find a starting three and a starting four who could play some defense. And that would be a step in the right direction. The Wolves would score 125 points a night at least and probably be a playoff team, but their defense would be atrocious and they'd have some issues in the playoffs. From the Suns' perspective, it makes even less sense because why would why would you do this for a team that suddenly looked really good in the bubble? I mean, I guess you get off the contract, but you're going to turn around and hand out you know, two pretty big first round contracts at number one and number 17 and take on Johnson, which I guess is an expiring deal. It just, the Suns have been trying, you know, trying to gain some traction and, and why tread water at this point. So I don't think this trade happens obviously, um, from really either side, if I'm being completely honest about it. Um, one other trade that I want to talk about today, and then we'll save the others for Thursday's show. This is a Knicks trade. The, the Timberwolves and Knicks seem to be keep coming up as trade partners. I think it's mostly because Knicks fans really want that number one pick as much as I, I hear people on Twitter saying that they don't in this draft, but, but they do. Um, they do. They want LaMelo ball or they want Anthony Edwards. Um, I don't think the Knicks are a likely trade partner for the wolves. We've talked about that before on the show, but in this offer, the Knicks would get the number one pick in James Johnson. The wolves would get RJ Barrett and Frank Nittalakina back from the Knicks. This would be an awful trade. RJ Barrett, of course, was, uh, I think, the third pick last year. And so, of course, he has upside. Of course, people like him. He He's still a young prospect. But, I mean, he wasn't good as a rookie. Um, in some ways, was you could argue he was as bad or worse than Jarrett Culver. And, you know, Culver was a better defender and Barrett was better offensively. And I don't know why the Wolves would double down on raw, inexperienced, not ready for primetime wings. They've already got Culver and, and, you know, Kogi's nice, but he's not really a starting caliber player in a playoff team. Nilakina, kind of the same situation. He's an okay backup and he's still got some upside, but, but why you have D'Angelo Russell. They like Jordan McLaughlin. And, and in this, in this scenario, the Wolves wouldn't even be getting back the number eight from the Knicks. So the Knicks would have one and eight and they could take baller Edwards and then, you know, three and D type guy or a big man, a Kongwu or Toppin or somebody at, at eight. I, I really don't understand why this would make a ton of sense for the Wolves at all. Um, if you get the eight back, it's at least maybe palatable, but I don't think they're going to trade down from one to eight and trade their one big expiring contract trade asset in James Johnson to take on RJ Barrett. It just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. So I don't think that's going to happen. Um, sorry, I, I just don't. All right, there are two other trades that involve the Timberwolves, one that includes Carl Anthony Towns. I'm going to save those for Thursday's show. Of course, if you can't wait, you can go check it out for yourself and read up in preparation for my analysis on Thursday. This is again, Greg Swartz over at Bleacher Report and the article is called Trades That Would Shock Every NBA Fan Base. Excuse me. It was just posted uh, today on Wednesday. So go ahead and check that out. We'll talk about a couple more of those trades on Thursday. 
we still need to get back into Big Board 2.0. We are at number 17 when we do pick that back up. And that'll be uh, basically the rest of this week, pending any other Timberwolves news that crops up in the next couple of days. All right, that's all we have for you today. A reminder, we are daily Monday through Friday. So we'll be back Thursday and Friday of this week. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On T-Wolves. That's at Locked On T-Wolves. Do not forget the T. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.